The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Bumo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Bumo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to Being Bumo at applepodcast.com slash beingbumo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go. See you guys soon. Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Allie Colbert Show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Allie Colbert Show. I'm your host, Allie Colbert. I'm recording right now on Tico time. I'm recording from Costa Rica. Yes, that's right. Costa Rica. I'm reporting from reporting. I'm reporting from the yoga retreat that I'm on, Julian's yoga retreat. I got food poisoning yesterday. I did. I got food poisoning yesterday, which was like a full day of that one scene in Bridesmaids that is unforgettable. It was kind of brutal. I can't really imagine eating food, but what it did give me the opportunity to do was to watch the White Hot documentary. Do you remember Abercrombie and Fitch? The rise and fall of Abercrombie and Fitch um, is is explored in the documentary, White Hot. Pretty sure that's a pun on the fact that Abercrombie was incredibly popular and also a clothing brand that promoted white supremacy. Anyway, I watched the documentary and all of the memories of Abercrombie and Fitch came back to me when I was in the mall in sixth grade, seventh grade, and beyond, and would turn through the mall corridors of Sun and Limited 2, and Hot Topic, and Spencer's Gifts. Was it Spencer's Gift or Spencer's Gifts? Either way, I fucking loved that store. I would go in, I'd be like, I'd like want to go in, but, and my mom would like go in with me, but I kind of like wanted some privacy in there. You know, I was like, this store's a little like deviant. I felt like it was the equivalent of like a sex shop for a seventh grader. And I was like, yeah, mom, I'd rather you kind of wait outside while I explore the dildo mugs. That would be best if I could look at the licorice thongs while you make yourself scarce in the food court. Do me a favor, mom, hang out at Edible Arrangements while I kind of check out these fart machines in Spencer's Gift. Spencer's Gift was like, it was like my dream to like curate a birthday party where like the goodie bags, remember goodie bags, were like all items from Spencer's Gifts. I thought they were like, it was like the most like, that was the, such a fun store for me. It really spoke to my sensibility, my like demented like, sexually repressed humor. I was like, oh my God, there's titties in here. 
Anyway, a little mall trip, a little a little dip into Spencer's gifts, a little. Oh, I would get a little like a little talk about a little a huge Cinnabon at the, like the food court. Get a Cinnabon, maybe even you know I would I would get like Taco Bell. I would get Sbarro. I would get there was like this like stir fry. Japanese fast food restaurant in our mall and I would get that and it was like amazing. And then eventually you would hear the music thumping, the bass dropping and the smell would lure you in into Abercrombie and Fitch and those fucking men would plank the outside in just these pillars of heteronormativity and I would be like, God damn, is anyone else having gender dysphoria right now? And I would rem- I remember going into Abercrombie and Fitch with my mom and I remember really wanting to wear boy clothes, clothes for boys at this point in time. And I remember Abercrombie and Fitch, the clothing was so fucking like binaried where it was just like boys have their tops off. They have no shirts on and they have those cargo shorts and like they were just these like Grecian gods and then the women had to wear these like tight little shirts that were like that like set on like the cover. They're like, I'm a dumb, dumb slut head. And they were like, they were just like, you know, they were like low, super low cut jeans, like really like the waist was low. And then like those like tight T-shirts. And I was just like, fuck this place. I'm a fucking baby dyke and this store's not for me. This clothes, these clothes aren't for me. And I just remember like fuck like the bags like the bags that was just like the Abercrombie and Fitch bag was literally just like a fucking cock and a scrotum and like that's how you'd like walk out of the store with like all of your clothes in these bags that were just like decorated in the in the male genitalia there'd be like a huge picture of like a man's like inner thigh as you walked in and the documentary was talking about how Abercrombie and Fitch which is really clever they like shuttered the windows so that you would have to pass the threshold in order to see what was going on inside. Anyway, Abercrombie and Fitch ultimately, which like fucking duh. But when I was like 11, I wasn't connecting the dots on this, like was super discriminatory and super racist. And they had, you know, a a court case that they settled, a court case that like eventually went to the, the Supreme court and all of these kind of failed diversity initiatives. Um, and since Ab- Abercrombie, I believe, still exists, I think they've dropped the Fitch. Um, and now they're trying to make up for it. They have a new CEO and like their website is all just like lesbians, like tonguing each other. And it's like Abercrombie, we stand for everybody now. It's like, no, you didn't 10 years ago. Okay. Because all I wanted to do was wear a pair of cargo shorts and a fucking trucker hat. And it wasn't cool back then, Fitch. I start reclaiming the Fitch. We reclaim the Fitch. Anyway, I remember the smell of Abercrombie and Fitch. And I remember my mom would like want to leave the store because she'd be getting like a headache. And like the music and the scent. I'm pretty sure like anyone over the age of like 42 like started to like pass out and like they would fade in the store. I would leave that store. I like honestly would like go in there with like high hopes and anxiety, leave like having blacked out. I felt like I lost my virginity. I like wasn't sure what was going on. Like all the Abercrombie and Fitch store people that worked there were like purposefully like kind of cunty to you to like sell the brand of like being exclusive. I'd be like, hi, do you have this in a small? They're like, what's your name, dwarf? 
Fun times. Anyway, um, it's bizarre to watch like what you lived through being like contained so succinctly in a documentary and like, oh yeah, I can't believe we all did that. And that was like such a thing of like what that stood for and wanting clothes from there and what the, what the clothes from there meant and all that stuff. It's kind of wild. Uh, I remember Hollister too. Hollister was like, Hollister was like the beachy version of Abercrombie and Fitch. It was like, you like Abercrombie and Fitch? Have you ever had Abercrombie and Fitch on the beach? They would have those like fake palm trees in the entryway. Yikes. I wanted to share that I, I heard this great, I was talking to a girl here on the Costa Rica retreat and she shared a pickup line she used with a guy she's dating now. And I thought it was a really good pickup line because it was like such a non-pickup line, but also I guess it is kind of a line. Anyway, let me tell it to you because I think it could work for for some of you. So it's in the event that you're out at a bar with like a group of people. I'm, I'm like already like that would never happen to me. But in the event that you do go out and have a social life, you're with a group of people, you see someone that you find to be attractive. Her line was she went up to this guy she thought was hot. She had a bunch of her friends at this bar and she's, she was leaving the bar. She went up to him and she hugged him and she was like, it was so nice to meet you. And he was like, what? And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I've met a bunch of people. I've had a drink. I, I thought I met you. Yes, that obviously does sound a little bit like you are having like a brain aneurysm if you're going up to someone you haven't met saying you met them. But if you're cute enough and you are cute enough about it, I think it's a good, it's like a cute, and then they like talked and they got each other's numbers. And I just thought it was a cute non-line line. So I wanted to throw that out there for any of you that are uh, deeply alone and needing help. <laughs> anyway, uh, today we have like an amazing episode. Jesus Christ, these episodes. This is such a good podcast. Like I would listen to this podcast if I were you, really. Um, we have on Lisa Traeger. She's like an incredible stand-up comedian. So funny, so dark, so good, so so real. Um, she hosts her podcast, Enemies. She also has a SVU podcast called That's Messed Up. And we talk about starting out in stand-up. We talk about how me and Julian met and Lisa talks about being turned uh, by a more seasoned lesbian in her sh maybe straighter days, I'll call them. And I talk about hooking up with men in between my relationships with women. And we talk about bad dates. It's just really fun. It's a fun episode. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I've loved the messages I've got about uh, my episode on Girls Gotta Eat which uh, I tell, told in detail my story meeting Julian, which I'll have to tell again in detail on this podcast. But love the messages about all the episodes, the Serena Kerrigan episode. You guys seem to enjoy so much. So thank you. Thank you for all of your comments. Keep subscribing. Keep sharing the pod. It means a lot to me. And that's all, folks. Enjoy the episode. No, this is cool. I watch all the clips on Insta. Oh. And I like them all. Thank you. So I was really happy to do it. Thank you so much. I think, Lisa Traeger, everyone, I think, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you are one of the funniest stand-ups ever. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I, I do like doing it, and I'm going to start taking the compliments. <laughs> you, you should receive. <laughs> yeah. Because, holy fuck, you are so fucking funny. Thank you. I I'm, And I'm it. not just saying it, like— like, my guess, no, I don't really call people funny. Like, you are so good at it. I mean, some of your bits, like, and you're one of these comedians that if I post you on, like, my Instagram story, like, if I, like, see you, I'll, I'll be like, okay, I want to put her on my story or something. 
And I get like a million replies being like, she's amazing. I love her. Not comedians. Comedians, I mean, they hate you. But like people, I'm like, oh, like everyone comes out of the woodwork to say that they enjoy your comedy. No, it makes me feel good. And like um, I used to be a salon receptionist and those girls sometimes will be like, someone just sent me your clip not knowing we like go way back and stuff. And it makes me happy. But even though I do feel like I'm funny, I feel like I've been doing it forever. I don't sell any tickets ever. It's getting different. No, it's not true. I swear to you, like you would you think no I'd fans. be rich. I no, people have a good time at the shows and then I don't know what happens. And now with like um we do live podcasts, I have an SVU podcast and those girls come out, but I'm usually performing for 40 people in the mall that don't know who I am. Okay. Well and it is so it's a, it's wild. A journey. So it's like nothing is real ever. Like you see people on the road and then Is that a pandemic symptom? That people are disconnected? No, not at all. I just, I think it takes, I, I think that's the understatement or what you don't realize when you get into this, how long it takes to be able to sell tickets and what a skill that is unless you get famous from something. Right. Yeah. It really is just like, and now people that are good at technology, it helps and the clips help. Everything helps, but it it is like, even if I hate someone, if they sell tickets, I'm like, good for them. I know how hard it is. You say good for them? In my mind, I'm like, fuck them. No, even but then I want to say good for them. I'll talk shit about them or like if I really hate someone, but I just know how hard it is because there's someone right now that's killing it and I fucking hate him. But I know the joy that he brought. Like, I I like that he's able to experience these cool moments because I know how hard it is even if I hate somebody. Yeah. I wonder who it is. I'll ask you after. Also, it's Andrew Schultz. I hate him. Oh, you hate him? I hate him. I think he's a terrible person. But when I see him at Radio City still as a comic, I'm like, I know that he's worked really hard to get there. He's a bad person personally? I think so. To you? Um, I think he's like a sexist. And so like to me, um, even if I've had nice conversations with someone or like, you know, whatever, if you're a misogynist, I can fucking tell and I have no, I don't want to get to know you. I'd hate you. But his ex-girlfriend posted that like he was poisoning her secretly and um, I see the way he acts. I mean, a lot of these guys, whenever I get into arguments or conversations with people that don't do comedy, they're like, but he's funny, he's this, he's that. I'm like, sure, but I know these people. I sit at, t- it's not about censoring, it's not about liking their material. When you sit at the cellar with certain people for years at a table every night, you get to know them. And a lot of these people are terrible people. Um, okay. And so you end up starting to hate them. So what I'm thinking right now is I'm surprised you don't take any pause before you say that. You don't it's, you don't have a fear of these people then like making it an agenda to like fuck you. Um, I don't have an agenda because no one actually cares. There's one person who's like a true. I stopped him from raping someone one night, like truly um, assaults, comics, waitresses, people everywhere at all times. Like I have personal friends that were grabbed by him, touched by him. He like he is an assaulter. And I've told everyone no one cares. I've told people that make his specials, people that like him everywhere I meet him. People are like, oh, I love this guy. And I tell him no one actually cares. And they'll continue to thrive. So it doesn't matter if I say something or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> why it feels so bold and scary to me. Well, yeah, because they could say something else or there is hypocrisy or like I can get called out for something. You never know what happens in the world. But like these people also know that I don't like them. I've, yeah. I fight with these people. I see them and we argue or we ignore each other or we don't talk or like. So it's not a secret. But like. Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm like used to, at least when I started comedy, just like you want to hang on so tightly to like every morsel of anything and like just looking for people's approval. And when I was starting comedy, it was like 2011 and I was like 17 
and I was here in the city and like I remember trying to get into Dangerfields. I remember trying to get into Broadway Comedy Club and like the bookers are just like sketchy people and the people that hang around and produce the produce shows. And like, did you have like just like tons of those experiences where you're just like, this is disgusting? Yeah, but I want I thought it was cool. I wanted to be a cool guy. Like I wanted to be in with these people. That's another thing. Like when I met all these dudes and I loved roasts and I loved mean Me jokes. Like, yeah, I love I love mean jokes. I love it. I mm-hmm. like dirty comedy. And so I wanted I to be me. with the cool boys. And so I thought it was all great. And then all of a sudden, every like post-election is when post-2016 yeah. is when all of a sudden it was like. I'm sick of arguing about rape with all of you. Fuck all of you. Like it was this thing where um, it switched. It definitely switched for me where I was down to clown or talk or whatever. I'll change them or I just want them to like me or I want to be on their pod um, or whatever. And then, yeah. And then it just changed. It wasn't so funny because what? It was reflected powerfully in society where you're like, oh, fuck, this is like so not a joke. Well, because I was just like a white person who didn't realize the depths of everything. Disgusting. And so then all of a sudden you start learning and then like things you assume of people, like you take for granted, like, of course they're pro-choice. Of course they understand why women don't go to the police. Of course they are. And then all of a sudden you have to like. Right. You're just you or the unsolicited advice or you see them cheat on their girlfriends and wives in front of you and then bring their girlfriends around and then we're all nice to their girlfriends. And last night you just fucked someone else. Right. And we're all complicit in it. Yes. And then or you uh, the way you talk about the women in your lives, like all of a sudden you're like not nice to the mother of your children. And it's like if you're not even nice to the person who bore children for you, like what? How are you nice to anyone else? Right. I don't know. It's just no, like. It, 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 I know. It's, I mean, fuck. Like, I feel this way too. But you know what? I I used to do something so fucking gross, which I look back on and I'm like, ugh. And like, want to like, whatever. But it's like looking for not just validation from those guys, but I identify with what you're saying of like, these guys are the cool dudes that are like past the club. You see them sit in the back of the room. You see them on stage. A lot of times they are funny on stage. Some of these guys, some of them. And wanting to kind of fit in with whatever culture like felt, you know, accepted in these clubs. And not only would I not say something, but sometimes I would like dip into just being like a fucking douchebag asshole. 100%. Shitting on people in my life. I'm like, oh yeah, and I, I'm a lesbian. I'm like, yeah, fuck my girl, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I should be a fucking cheater who like, what you know, not actually, but it, it makes this like culture so pronounced that it's easy to just like let your guard down. You're like, I want to be in with them. Well, fuck my wife. Yeah. And then I always I do talk about this a lot where there was one night I was at the knit. Yeah. And it was like the three girls were hosting and it was just everyone was dressed fun and cool. And afterwards, everyone danced. And like we had just this great night. And then the next day I went to like uh, just a club to do spots or new jokes or something. And it was just the grossest dressed people, flannel, all complaining, huddled in a circle. And I was like, you guys don't even know what you're missing. Like you're not even having fun. Some people are wearing neon in Brooklyn. Yes. That's how I feel where I'm like, you guys, it's sadder for you because you and it's and then the conversations start of like, well, they didn't really deserve it. They're not funny. They got it because they're black or they're gay or they're this. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, maybe it's because you're old or maybe it's because you're actually not that good. And then they're taken aback and it's like, 
Well, you were just very willing to say this person didn't deserve what they got because you think there's an agenda, but like you deserve these things. Right. And so all these discussions and then all of a sudden you're shitting on the people that I care about in my life. And it's like, oh, fuck all of you. Wow. I just, it just turned. But I've always like started shit. And then a part of me doesn't want to. I don't want to be in the drama. I don't want to be like, I don't have to be some crusader for shit, but like. No, I respect it. Stand for something. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I'll just rather have fun. And then also these places don't define me and I'm happy to be able to perform everywhere. I actually just got an email to like do a show with someone who I talk so much shit about. And I'm like, do I? I don't know. And then in the email, it said this will be un not filmed and not announced. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, maybe I'll do it. But then, yeah, at the end of the day, sometimes we're all hypocrites. I was in a I was in Louis's show. You know what I mean? Like shit happens. I I mean, yeah, I've I've come up against this where. I was referred to by someone to do their show that raised money for the Robert F. Kennedy um, Jr. Association that supports people who have been injured by vaccines. This goes against what I believe in. I think people should be vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Um, I'm frustrated when people are not vaccinated, but I have not made it my cause to like reason with them. But I was like, should I really be raising money for, you know, RFK Jr.? No, it was such a long organization name. I was like, wow, what is this going to be? It's like, you know, do you know RFK at least? But Robert he got shot, right? No, no that's not Bobby. the one that got shot. I don't know any living Kennedy. Okay, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> there's one Kennedy. I'm pretty sure it's Robert uh-huh. who is married to the wife on Curb Your Enthusiasm. What the fuck is her name? Oh, Cheryl Hines. Cheryl Hines. Okay. She's a huge anti-vaxxer. Oh, okay. So the, he has this huge association that raises money like an anti-vax thing. Sorry, I should have just said that. It's an anti-vax charity. But is it an anti-vax? Or are they helping people that got injured that did get vaxxed? Or it's both. They're helping both. people. I don't know. They're fucking helping people not get vaccinated. My parents are not vaxxed. It's frustrating. Okay. It's so, really upsetting. So you get this. You get yeah, they're masked. They at least believe in it. Everyone I know is not vaccinated, by the way. But they just Isn't it amazing? Vaxxed. My girlfriend's parents aren't vaccinated. Yeah, and it's you learn how much they're willing to lose and not be a part of for this. And you're like, okay. What and what do they think will happen if they're vaccinated? They're just really scared and I get it. They were born in third in the thirties and forties. Yeah. Uh, both my uncles died in medical care. My dad has had terrible experiences with medical care. And when you're a fresh immigrant to the country, like shit just goes down. And then my dad had heart surgery and he was just very scared. But now all of their excuses are, you know, they're like, well, wait, we'll do this. We'll do that. And like, they just won't do it. But we're done convincing them. Yeah. You tried. We're done. Yes. Do you have siblings? Yeah. My sister. My sister stopped talking to them for a month and a half. I mean, the grandkids were like, we want to come over. We miss you. Like. If you're not willing to do it for grandkids, like, what else is there? I don't know. Uh, fine. No, Go to Costco, wear a mask, and wash your hands. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I, I mean, I guess they're that afraid. That's what it comes down to, fear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my girlfriend's dad, It's this, he had also, he had a heart transplant. But big heart stuff, that takes you out of the vaccine game. Yeah. Like, fast. Yeah. Um, tell us about your podcast. Well, I'm, I'm curious about how you met your girlfriend. You want to hear? Yeah, I do, yeah. Okay, so my girlfriend, she... She's 34. She was hosting. So she's a, I hate saying this. She's a yoga teacher and she's a transformational life coach. It's very upsetting for me to say that. Is it? Yeah, because it's like I have been in New York forever. It's like, that's not a thing. You know, yoga teacher. Do you believe thing. in her work or do you think I, it's a scam? Absolutely. <laughs> she's a scammer. No, I believe in her work. I just think. You know, myself coming from New York, I have felt jaded about that sort of industry and having a lot. But whatever, I'm a comedian. Who am I to talk? Anyway, 
She was hosting an event in Topanga, California that was like yoga and like meditation, all of these like super LA things. And a part of this was after you do all of these things, you smoke pot and there's a comedy show. And someone was like, you should do this show. It's super LA. It's like this cool event. Uh, and it's in Topanga. I had never been. And I was like, okay, totally. I'll go. I went to the event. I saw her. And she's like, she's gorgeous. She has like long flowing blonde hair. These like big blue eyes. I was like, this girl's so hot. Whatever. Another straight girl that I can't fuck. And we were laughing together. And it was like one of these people, you immediately connect with them. We're laughing. I was like, oh, this is killing me. I wish I could find a lesbian like this. Of course, there's no lesbians like this. She follows me on Instagram after we stay in touch. I went to L.A. and I did it somehow. And was she straight? Yeah, she'd never before dated a woman. Never kissed a girl. Wow. I know. And did it feel extra good, cool? Yeah, it felt extra <laughs> cool. I mean, I think I was like, it was like a trauma turn on. Like I was so, I'm very turned on by straight women because they like historically have like abused me personally growing up where I'm like, I felt like I loved them and I was like closeted and never able to like be with them. Even when they liked me, they would like hide it and there's like shame around it. So to finally be able to be with her, I was like, this is amazing. This feels so special. Obviously that like, you know, that passes the like the fetishizing of a straight woman, but I'm still with her and she's still, she doesn't even identify as a gay. Because I don't think she's gay. She really just loves me. Yeah, the pan, not pan. What's the one where you need to like the person? And that's what it is. (laughs) Is that Demi? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's a real orientation, but I do feel that way. Yeah, so you have a joke about your sexuality and about the babysitting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you you share? Well, I think it was, I haven't done it in a while, but it's this thing of like um, all the signs were there and I just was not paying attention because I hooked up with a girl when I was 21, 20, yeah, 20, because I still had a fake ID. I was in Portland and it was awesome, but then it still never occurred to me that maybe that's something I enjoy. And I continued just like having kind of not great experiences with men, but then I have hooked up with men since, but then I had a girlfriend and I- You had a girlfriend? I did. And okay. they're like success. They're a successful comedian. And they they love to turn straight girls. I'm not I'm a first of many. I'm a not I'm they one love of to many turn straight girls. Yeah, I'm like I'm like one of um, a handful of like chubby straight brunettes that she's ruined their lives. You know what I mean? And what was your experience <laughs> being turned? I didn't even think about it. We were hanging out and we had a mutual and one day we were at an art museum and I looked over and I was like, oh, I'm going to marry this person. I was just like, this and is my person. that's how fast can sneak up on you. Everyone in Florida listening, you, yeah. you just, you're in a museum and suddenly, bam, you're gay. Yeah, I was like, this is it. And then I was so nervous. I mean, it took me like um, a, a couple days. I was I was there for two weeks in Australia. And so, um, and then finally I was like, you know, I'm obsessed with you. And then we hooked up oh, and then it was so like hot. very gay. You where, know I'm obsessed with you? That's such an amazing, are you kidding me? That would be like, if you're just like spending all this time with a girl and it's like so tense and you just can feel it and just to be like, you know, I can't stop thinking about you. Yeah, well, now all these memories are coming back because this was a while ago at this point, but I was, uh, the Backstreet Boys played. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And mm-hmm. I went, do you want to make out beyond the curtain? And so then we made out and then I was like, you know, I've been like, and, and they were like, what are you talking about? No, bullshit. And exactly. They I found fucking out later. Knew. That's the whole fucking game. No, it's actually even worse than that. Like a true, um, it's Andrew Schultz ruined my life. <laughs> like truly like so many lies.
lies. Like, oh my God. so much manipulation and lies. But in it, I was, but I projected too much onto this person too. Yeah. To fully think they're, you're going to marry them without, w- within days. You know, that's It's like real. classic <laughs> first woman, like a woman thing. Yes. Though. This is like a, a thing. This is a cliche. The intensity of like a woman's first time with another woman is like, it's the U-Haul metaphor. Of just like, I want to hitch my whole life to you. Yeah, because I then did a birthday trip to Palm Springs and there was a bunch of lesbian couples, but one... They're like, oh, it's your first girlfriend? Like, they someone laugh. brought their date. Yeah, they were like, this isn't real. But, and I got dumped like, you know, weeks later. So. That's so reductive, that stereotype, though. Because when you're in it, you're like, fuck you. This is everything. You yeah. didn't feel that? No, I, d- um, no, I was fine to get made. F- I, I, you know, I like, I like Rose. I like yeah. getting made fun of. I right. was totally fine. And these were like real lesbians. <laughs> you know, like, you can make fun of me. I don't care. Right. But, um. This person, yeah. And thinking about it, we were long distance. We'd only been in the same place within trips. So four times. So maybe four weeks total, six months, the whole relationship. And I, I, it took me two years to get over this breakup. Oh, why my was life it was so ruined. Brutal? Just you were in love? I was fully in love, but this person, I think, got joy fucking with me. I think they have their own issues too. And yeah. I was just, I loved this. I was obsessed. I have my heart, I had my heart broken. And, and then the bed of lies. And then within the next year, I actually kept learning more and more layers of like deception. And what was the purpose of the lies? They get off on it. That's it. They had a rough teen years. You know what I mean? Right. Childhood. One bad mom. What's and the purpose that's of it. lies? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then have you dated women since? No, I've just hooked up. I haven't dated anyone. I'm actually like looking for true love. You are? I am. I want to find love. Like I'm not someone that can fake things. Yeah. And um, I actually went on a horrific date yesterday with a man. Ugh. Um, but it's easier to match with men. That's what sucks. It's so easy to match with men. Men, it's just like hundreds. And then if you're horny and you're into it and you just want to get disrespected, it's like so well, you there. Like that, yes, I do. But women... You're right. It's impossible Hard to match. So here's I have so many thoughts on this. I mean, first of all, why are you why why even continue dating men? You really are attracted to them because that's unfortunate, but it's OK. I I mean, it's like so unfortunate. And I, I am doing a, it's like I um I get off on humiliation. Yeah. Getting degraded. You you're, heard that joke, right? You're like, like humiliated by being straight. So you keep being straight. Yeah. Like, like getting <laughs> cummed on. Like, like getting cummed on is like, there's nothing more degrading than that. Yeah. And like, I fucking love it. Oh my God. Like there's just, there a time comes in my, in the calendar year where I'm like, I just want to fucking suck a dick so bad. Cause it's so mortifying. Kind of. Yeah. And it's hot and you're just like on, yeah. So I like sucking dicks and like true lesbians way, though are always like, but if you made someone squirt, what about squirting? What about this? I'm like, yeah, you're not into dudes. So I get why you're so distraught. And then people like guy, people that aren't gender bendy are like, like even our friends, like people that we know that are comics and cool and in their 30s. Yeah. They're still always like every time I hang out, they're like, so men are women. Are you still dating girls? Like they just turn into 65 year olds. It's weird. Yeah. And I don't really have an answer for it. And I'm sexually confused and I don't know. And I just want to fall in love. And it doesn't like matter what it kind of looks like to me. No, I get that. And I'm not trying to put you in a box. Obviously, like you come on a queer <laughs> podcast and I'm like, so which is it, boy yeah. or girl? But it happens if you do like lesbian shows and you talk about dudes, you might get booed. No, it I is mean, real. No, I like here. I talk about this like I'm kind of like when I am in between my relationships with women, I will usually fuck a guy. I don't really know why other than just like, why not? Yeah. Like, let me see. Let me try it on again. Like, whatever. Let's see how it feels. I kind of agree. There's something like degrading about like penis. I'm attracted to like male bodies. Like, I do watch gay male porn. I think it's hot. I do prefer fucking women. But like, 
I've just surrendered to the fact that I'm confused and I'm just like, but that's my sexuality. It's just like, whatever. Yeah. No, but you... But I'm more of a lesbian than you. Yeah. You came out young? I came out when I was 20, but I always was like, I was like cliche closeted. I was like depressed. What am I going to do? How am I going to find a woman? I was like, fuck, like I'm not Rosie. Like literally all I had to look at was Rosie and Ellen. They're like clowns. They're like not sexual human beings. They're like objects. I'm like, they're not. What the fuck is this? Like, how am I going to like fuck a hot woman? Like, I'm, I I felt kind of more femme than like it was confusing. It's still confusing. But what was so horrible about your date? It, there's just so many layers. Well, they, t- they took a bus. No, I um to meet me. I'm staying in a nice hotel. So yeah. to me, I'm like, OK, oh. I'm going to fuck in this hotel. Match with someone that seemed cool. I was like, okay, let's meet at this lobby bar. See what's up. Yeah. They didn't buy me a drink. Okay. I paid for my own drinks. That's not good. Already it's over. It's like, but people are poor. So it's like, whatever, but at least comment on on. it. But it's it's annoying, but I was fine with it. Yeah. And then I, one time in New Orleans, I was, I went to hook up with someone and they asked what I was into. And I said, equal parts adored and used. You are funny. And my therapist was like, you've kind of answered that. That's like all people want. But this dude just got it. And I got the equal parts. Yeah. And so to me, actually, I went on a date with a girl a few months ago. Same thing with that girl and this guy yesterday. I want to be complimented. Mm -hmm. Say I look great. Be nice. Say say stuff. I put on make like I just am confused by people that are not nice to a person that clearly wants to fuck. So, like, why aren't you complimenting me? Yeah, it's so true. I'm laughing because you are clear. You were like the epitome of the roast on the outside. But you're like my and my I could tell like your love language is words of affirmation, probably. Yeah. And physical touch. Yeah, I, I'm not physical touch, but that's because like, I was raised me. that way. Like, I'd have to be very into someone. But I like giving gifts. But like. Yeah, don't you want someone to be like, oh, you're you look so hot, can't wait to fuck you. Like of that's course, what you want. Of course. So to me, I'm like, okay, so I'm, you don't, you're not gonna say anything about my short dress. Um, you're not buying me a drink, but okay. Right. And then after about 20 minutes, I went, you know, you haven't asked me anything about me. Wow, okay. And he kind of gaslit me and said, Well, I did ask that, and you did. and I go in the text, I'm like, you've really not asked me anything. I'm this like, This guy's not for you. If he can't no. play that game though. Like, even just, like, have, like, a little, like, spicy response back. Yes. That's not for you. Yeah, and I wasn't into— I, And it's like, did you even shower for the— Like, it was kind of, like— okay, I wasn't into it, but I was like— You're you like, know, and the sex was horrible. <laughs> did not fuck. Right. And so then, um, after a couple drinks, the convos are better. We go sit down away from the bar. We're actually having fun. So I, And then I'm convincing myself that I'm sexually attracted to him, because I wasn't. But I was like, yeah, totally. oh, we're having fun. This is fine. This can work. This can, you know— then force we, it, force it, force it. Force it. That's how I felt. Force it. And also, you know, I do have a Law & Order SVU podcast. And we were talking about SVU. And then he said Chevy Chase was in an episode. I go, he absolutely was not. It was original or criminal intent, but it was not SVU. He goes, yes, it is. And then looks it up and goes, oh, you were right. And it's like, yeah, I do. a sh- I, I watch maybe 50 hours of SVU a month. <laughs> like, I'm doing research hardcore. Like, of course I know Chevy Chase is not in it. Right. Because... I know his daughter and we would have gotten Chevy Chase on the podcast. Okay. Like, right. So already like you're arguing with something that you don't know about. So that was kind of like turn off, not into that. But then we go to smoke some weed outside. Yeah. And while we're smoking and I don't ever want to tell guys what I do for a living. And this is why. Oh God, it's awful. 
So we're outside. I'm sitting on a table. And then he goes, hey, I just I'm really not into this. And we've been hanging out for three hours. Yeah, And I go, fuck you. I was going to say that first. Right. I go, wait, what? And he goes, yeah, the past like 10 minutes have just turned. And I just like really I'm not interested anymore. And I go, are you kidding? And he goes, no. And I go, okay, well, thanks for telling me. I mean, bye. And he goes, I'm kidding. Can't you take a joke? And I said, I asked if you were kidding and you said no. And he goes, aren't you a comedian? Can't you get a bit? I go, that wasn't really a bit. I don't really like, I don't know what you want from me right now. And, he, and then he goes into this whole tirade of like, you're like fucking Will Smith censoring people. You can't even take a joke. Chris Rock says there's no limits and this and that and that and that. And starts just going off on com- comedy theory to me. And it's like, I'm a true professional. Like all of these people you're naming or talking about, like I know them. Like they've all like, what are you? I don't know. It just took me. A, I, I was and I go, yeah, but it wasn't funny. And he goes, yes, it was. And I go, it was not funny. And I go, OK. I think I'm done. And he goes, did I just fuck this up? I go, yeah, I don't know why you're, do- I don't want this. And he goes, he said something else about like Ugh. comedy punch. Can you get in? I go, yeah, I get what you're doing. I don't need or like, th- like, I don't like this. I don't want to debate comedy with you. No. Like, that's not what I want. I want, I don't, this is not the life I want. Yeah. And so I just went inside. So then you left. And then I went to my room and it was like, I was a sure you thing. You set yourself the time out. I was a sure thing. That's what's so mind-boggling. Right. And this happened to this girl. I invited her to my house. <laughs> she she arrives. And I had been, like, talking about, like, I don't know what to wear. And I wore a sweatshirt with no pants, which I think is cute. With slippers. I don't know. Had you met her before? No. But <laughs> that's, that's what I did. That's wildly aggressive. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and she just goes, so that's what you decided to wear? This is first date, to yes. be clear. This is a bit insane already off the rails. And so I was like... Yeah, okay. And then I have this cool um, house plant lighter. It's yeah. like a car lighter thing, and I love it. Yeah. And I go, oh, look at my cool lighter. She goes, yeah, it's a house lighter. And I go, oh, it's like this. She goes, yeah, it's not special. It's like, and I go, okay. And I press it, and she goes, oh, I guess it, it was just not nice. And I was like, I don't want you here. <laughs> did you ask her to leave? I did. Okay, so this is something interesting. And I found this about women is that they, and I, I look, I don't want to be on my podcast saying women aren't funny. But women sometimes, non-comedians, will try and, like, be sarcastic. And what they're thinking is sarcasm is just them being nasty. That's why I told this guy. I go, you're not doing bits. You're just lying. You keep lying and you think it's a joke, but you're just, like, lying. Yeah. What is the point of that? And it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And But, I, I like, women, yeah, men, I mean, men all the fucking time. Yeah. Men, this is, like, the number one thing men will put on a dating app. I've seen on my sister's apps. I'm sarcastic. I'm so sarcastic. Really, you're just a douchebag. Yeah. You're just a douchebag. And then women do this thing where they present as kind of like snarky. They just come off like cunts. And they want the women they're on a date with, because gender roles are so fucked up, to like penetrate through that and like dominate them on top of that. That's what I found. Well, also, and she didn't look like her photos. Fully different, too. Well, that's the worst. So no photo. And then like mean comments. And then I was like, wait, do you live on the streets? It was really weird. They were like, (laughs) she was like, she goes, do you think I can have this drink and smoke a cigarette outside? And I go, yeah. She goes, are the cops dicks in the neighborhood? And I was like, you can drink a whiskey on my deck. Like, I don't, the cops aren't going to get you here. It was just, <laughs> but she was so nice. Even afterwards, she was like, well, do you still want to have food? Like, I'm just going to have dinner. And like, she was still just handled it so nicely. The what? That, that she, that the 
Harassment. When I said, she goes, I'm so sorry. Oh, if after I ma- you said you're not into it. Yeah, she goes, I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. I go, I know this isn't what I anticipated. I'm so sorry. Um, I was like, I'll pay for your Uber home if you want. Like, I know you came a long way. Gentlemen. And she was like, no, it's fine. But I'm going to go eat. Do you want to do that? And I was like, I just, I really am not feeling it. Wow. Clear communication, though. You have that with, you've had that from the start of the podcast. Clear yeah. communication with me, I with your dates. It. Yeah, because that's why when you're the guy— front. You're not wasting time. Because when the guy didn't realize— Like, when I didn't realize he was kidding, he seemed shocked at me. And I was just like, no, I'm in— If you weren't into it, I understand it. And he goes, no, it would have been fucked up. And I'm like, what you're doing now is more fucked up, to right. be honest. What the fuck? Yeah, and then eventually, during the date, though, I said something like, well, they're a millionaire. And he goes, well, how do you know I'm not a millionaire? And I was like, well, you took the bus and you haven't bought me a drink. <laughs> like, yeah. And are all of these dates from apps— yeah, I have I have a hard time. Like people do. I am not a lot of people's type. I don't know what I do out there, but I do not. Um, I'm not getting what I would love out. Really, I want to see your pro- well, I want to see your profile. At some point. Well, I just recently changed it because I lost a bunch of weight and then I've gained it all back, so I had to take some photos away. Oh, you're up and down. Yeah, I am up and down, and I don't want to lie. I don't want anyone to ever show up and be like, this isn't it. So I had, like, a photo from just September, but I was, like, 25 pounds lighter. So I was like, oh, I have to switch this. You you know what? You're such vibes of, like, I can't believe the first thing I said to you was we should get coffee. I remember, do you remember I said that to you in your comment? I, I go, do you want to get coffee? You go, do you, like, drink or smoke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a fucking wrong thing to say to you. No, nothing is wrong. Because yeah, what if you were a sober person? And then totally, but I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just and I do you sleep late? Sometimes L.A. changes you. L.A. changes you, meaning you are up early. I'm up before 10 an hour for like soul cycle. So. Oh, you're a soul cycler. Yeah. But, I got injured. That's what's fucked me. What up. happened to you? I sprained my ankle and then I fell on my knee like three times within a month and a half. Three times? Yes. Oh, my God. It's humiliating. Yeah. Drunk? Yeah. Okay. Something to look at. Yeah. <laughs> But I, <laughs> but I was gonna say about women on dating apps. Yeah, they're it's almost like they're like dead profiles. Like I feel like people are on the on the apps, but they're not active with the amount of matches I used to get when I was. And I'm because I'm not blaming this on myself. Like this is common that I hear from women when mm-hmm. they're on dating apps for women. Women don't respond. The profiles just like the ratio of matches is so much lower than with men. Yes. I'll, it, for every hundred men, it's one woman. But yeah. men are also just like, they don't care. Right. Too. Right. But. So do you have I a type with women? Yeah. What is the kind type? Kind of. What is the type? I like uh, my favorite porn star is Nikki Hartz. Oh, yeah. You love porn, too. I do. You always porn. talk about porn. But it's like a lonely thing. But I would say, <laughs> I mean, my ex, it's like, do you look like the Backstreet Boys? Do you look like Leonardo DiCaprio? Like a boy band looking girl is what I like. Oh, wow. A okay. little bit butch. Like Shane. I want Shane from the L word. Oh, my but God. Not, totally. But not as damaged, maybe. But yeah. like. No, well, you kind of like I that. I think a little. I think, yeah, like a soft butch, I would say. Yeah. But I don't know if that's my own still like hetero vibe. No, coming I, at I, me. I, I, yeah, I think that's a that's a very common type. So like, I love Miley. Like Miley is like she's to so me, hot. I have a lot of Miley. Like Miley is my number one crush in the yeah. world. Yeah, she's amazing. And do you go to like? I'm sure. Tra- I just don't want. I for maybe it's because I hate. I don't. I'm not into people that look like me. I also. Oh, I've done that in the past. Yeah. Yeah, a doppelbanger. A lot of. Gay people aren't... Well, you know what? I think it's straight people like people that look like them, but they just don't look like twins in the way gay people do because we're the same sex. Yeah. 
Um, but my ex-girlfriend, she's same like build and stuff and like brunette, pale skin. It was like two Snow Whites rocking around. I was like, this is awful. It's fucking gross. And do people not assume you and your girlfriend are gay? When oh, you're never, out and about? Never. Okay. Like sisters or something or like best friends or it's annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying. I'm like, well, whatever. What are you going to do? Right? I mean. There's nothing to do. There's but nothing I'll, to do. I'll even fuck up sometimes and think. I just, yeah. I Yeah, I still have a hard time sometimes if people say girlfriend. I'm like, do you mean friend? Like, I don't want to make an assumption, but I, I would like if everyone were gay. Everyone is, I hope. I don't know. I think because, I mean, the theory is basic, but it's like if you were living your truest self, you would not be mad when other people do it. So I assume all the people that just say, I know <laughs> not everyone likes that, but I think people that fucking hate gay people are, they have to be queer in some way. Because why else would that be your crusade? Right. Like why, like you're not triggered by things that are not a part of you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, what like is, why would it make you mad if someone's living their truth and best life? Like if they feel the most at home, like with another per person of their own gender, like what's it to you? Like why does that make you mad? There has to be something more than just Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. But it, it you're only, I'm only triggered by things when they bring up something in me. So if you hate gay people, you are gay. Yeah. And well, now know. I'm thinking of like what really bothers me in people. And if I have those things. What? What really bothers you in people? Um, I don't know. People I'm looking at their phone while I'm talking to them. No, I don't mind. You don't mind it? And I'm super self-conscious of doing it. Sometimes I mind, but we're all, I'm addicted. Yeah. I'm addicted. I'm, I would never be mad at someone's phone usage. Well, I want to think of what is something you hate? You can't think of anything. Things that just, I hate like fake, like fake. I hate people that are fake. Yeah. <laughs> like I really. Yeah. Um, Networky. I don't know. Yeah. Networky. Facey. Yeah. I have to go to Alex Edelman's show. What? This was so fast. Oh, you're already going to the show. Yeah. Is it started at seven? Yeah. Damn. You're really p playing it close too. Well, I really wanted to talk to you. I'm sorry that it was so tight. In time. No, don't apologize. I scheduled you. But I would have loved some lesbian advice. You know what I mean? Well, I would love to give you, I would love to give you lesbian advice, but why don't we could do that off the air? Yeah, that is true. But I, I would love maybe to. Maybe I'll go down uh, town with you. Yeah, you're like, maybe I'll go down on you. Yeah. You're glitter cheese on Instagram. Yes, thank you. And you are what on other social platforms? Glitter cheese. Glitter cheese everywhere. Yeah, my website. Everything is glitter cheese. And then my podcast is That's Messed Up, an SVU podcast. And this is what we were going to talk about quickly up top about not listening to people and that you're always right. So at the end of our shows, we do fun trivia with our audiences and our oh, listeners. That's fun. So we do full PowerPoints. There's prizes like we, we try to make out a fun show. And we had three people and people kept yelling out the wrong answers. And these people were influenced and then saying the wrong answers because they were listening to the audience. And I'm like, trust your gut. Why are you listening to people? trust yourself? And then afterwards, we got a message and she's like, I learned I have to trust myself. Like these men were just yelling confidently the wrong answers and swaying people. Well, at least your audience had a breakthrough from that. Yes. You know I mean? <laughs> they can make a change in their life. You know the right answer. Don't listen to anybody. Yeah. You guys think about that. But yeah, I'd love to be in love if anyone's listening. And I want people, someone to be nice to me and that'll, you know, I, I, not be mad that I'm messy. I would not be mad that you're messy. I really want to like wing woman this journey. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. I would love that. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>